1: blue wire the philadelphia 76ers select joel mb
0: ben simmons here comes simmons between the legs
1: welcome everybody to another quarantine episode of the new slant podcast as always i'm your host kyle newbeck this week our podcast being brought to you by our friends at Bet Online as well as Blue Chew. So thank you to both of those wonderful companies for keeping our lights on. With me as the co-pilot, as always, my buddy, my pal, who I don't know what his haircut and beard situation is looking like two months into quarantine, but look forward to seeing it one day. Seamus Clancy, how are you doing today?
0: Doing well. So, little hair story. I guess early April, I was just... Got a little stir crazy and shaved my beard off and my hair was pretty long. So my sideburns were still gigantic because you can't oh, really man. shave your sideburns. So then I just went to my barber's house and paid him money straight up.
1: Yeah, I I need to get in touch with my barber. <laughs>
0: I, I actually went because I was doing a lot of Instagram live stuff during the NFL draft. I went uh, during the day on day two of the draft in the afternoon. I went and then looked kind of respectable on Instagram on day two after looking you know, like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo on day one on Instagram. Yeah,
1: listen, if you're going to be in front of the camera, it makes makes sense that you would uh, try to freshen up a little bit. Yeah, definitely.
0: So probably won't be on the camera for a little bit longer, but we'll see. I'm (laughs) I'm hoping, looking for a, you know, early June cut, ideally from him again, so that I can look respectable and hopefully there are more occasions for me to be in front of a camera or talking in front of people.
1: Well, I certainly hope at some point, In the near future, uh, there's a viable way for us to, you know, get out and about. Certainly, we've taken all safety precautions. That, I guess, leads us into our our first topic of the week, which is the NBA and and where things are headed, the various meetings that have been held, I guess, over the last week or so regarding the future of the league. So, I guess, broad strokes uh, for people who haven't been paying that close attention to the news uh, the players' association and the league agreed to extend the window they had to potentially terminate the current CBA, which that has big implications for the salary cap and structure of the league. That and revenue sharing. That I wrote an article about earlier in the week. That's a little jargony uh, for a podcast form. We're not going to sit here and bore you to death talking about uh, numbers we and the salary anyway. cap. We might bore you to death anyway, but it won't be because we're talking about math. So that's a thing that's on the radar. I guess I'm losing track of days. I think either Tuesday evening or perhaps even yesterday, there was a phone call between the Board of Governors and the league. And what it amounted to was, or at least what was reported publicly, is that they are feeling optimistic about coming back at some point or feeling positive, I should say, optimistic and positive, are, are close relatives but not necessarily the same thing. Um, they're feeling positive, and the other half of it that I think got the most play on Twitter is that the league and the players, quote-unquote, have to be comfortable with a certain level of positive tests to be able to come back. So that's all on top of what we already knew about uh, the league, Potentially exploring options in remote locations like Las Vegas, like Disney World. I guess, Seamus, what do you make of all this from the outside looking in? Like, What is your level of, you know, you want sports to come back versus you're looking out for, you know, what do the players want and what's the safe thing to do for the league? Like how itchy, how itchy are you for sports to come back?
0: So my brain is telling me to wait as long as possible try to take the, I don't know if you've been watching any of the Korean baseball, the KBO. They are playing currently in an empty stadium with remote announcers. However, Korea has been a lot better at preemptively taking care of this quarantine situation. And their situation is that if there's a positive test, play gets shut down for a minimum of three weeks. I would kind of be into that. My Again, my head says I want to be as thorough as possible. You think of someone like Carl Anthony Towns, whose mother... Unfortunately, passed away from coronavirus. And how can you look at that guy in the eye and say, "Yeah, we're going to play. This is all fine." You know, we want to go out. We're the owners. We're the league. We want to go out there and still salvage some of our TV revenue money, or however you want to split it. Again, but at the same time, I, I'd really just like to watch basketball, as I'm sure millions of other people want <laughs> to. But at the, but then. I just can't, you know, in good content say, like, F it. Let's go and play, and, you know, we'll just test players every day. And they're certainly not going to do that the way they did, it seems. Either don't play at all or, like, don't half-ass it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, and I think it's hard. You brought up Korea, and I think the Korean example is very important because they just have – A level of buy-in from the populace that makes their response to what has happened possible, whereas America is this large, sprawling country with, you know, converging ideologies. Certainly, there are some people that are very on board with the current White House, lots of people that are not. Uh, So there are pockets of the country that just don't have access and adequate testing. I shouldn't even say pockets. There are large swaths of the country. And there are also rights that Americans feel like they don't want to give up. So they can't test and trace in the way somewhere that South Korea does. So there are methods that are being used there that I guess in terms of convincing the whole country to get on board with are just not viable. So it's tough. Like there's a... There's a weird thing happening for me on Twitter. Like, I I think I've been skeptical from the beginning of the NBA's ability to react to this situation. I openly questioned them playing the games they did before Gobert got tested and, and certainly afterward, not just because I was there covering the games while all this was happening, but because I was conscious of the fact that, you know, there are tens of thousands of people that are in these arenas that, that's a, a dangerous game that you're playing there. And so I've been on that corner where I'm I'm skeptical of everything they say. I'm looking at their, I guess, pursuit of money versus what's viable. And there's this counter-faction that has emerged that thinks, and this is not just outsiders or fans. This is also, you know, there are certain types of sports writers that are trying to paint other media members as like, you're rooting against sports coming back. It's like, that is the total opposite of what's going on right now i think the fairest way to sum up where my head is at right now is like my head knows that i need to do what's right for everybody like i want to do the the right thing and and bunker down i don't go out unless i need to i take periodic walks to just like get out of my house i'll wear a mask i'll I'll go through all that Uh, i try to go to the grocery store as little as possible. If I get delivery takeout, I make sure it's non contact, have it leave have the delivery people leave it at my front door, et cetera, et cetera. And then my heart tells me, like, listen, man, I would love to have sports back. And on top of that, I'm very aware of, you know, how how fraught my industry is in general. And, you know, it could all go away if if we have to survive without sports happening for a long time, that that is going to require a huge adjustment for me like I don't know how long the industry can stay afloat through all that so the idea that I'm rooting against this is just nonsense I my thing is just you know you, you see what leaks out of these meetings and these conversations and it seems like a lot of double speak. it's the league saying well we care about this but then things like the end of the regular season are still on the table that to me is just that's Preposterous! You don't need to play from a pure basketball perspective and, and purely from a, a sporting perspective. Nobody needs a bunch of the shitty eliminated play, uh, non-playoff teams to come back and play at the end of the year who does are the, the owners and the people that have these deals with the local regional sports networks that they stand to lose a lot of money if they don't clear a 70 regular season game threshold. And so uh, I think the problem that I have is mostly that the focus seems to be so much on money, whether that's from, you know, in in baseball, some of that's with the players and they're haggling over collective bargaining agreements. And that's a whole another hornet's nest. But I, I, I don't think they've found the proper middle ground yet. At least that's my impression from the outside.
0: How many games are we at now?
1: Uh, that's you know, I, I haven't even looked at the standings in such a long time that I could not tell you. I want to say, the in the 60s, in, the Sixers
0: are in first, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> haven't checked uh, let's we're, see, we're Milwaukee in first, has played right? 65 games, oh, the Sixers soon. have played 65 games. So, is that second game?
0: threshold a, a universal rule or is that dependent on contract to contract I, I'm, I'm relying on you as more of the insight
1: it is certainly is not it. a rule and that is more I, I think we've brought this up on a previous podcast It it's a pivotal threshold to clear for the regional sports network so okay. you know like nbc sports philadelphia i don't know if it's the same for like msg or something like that because they have so many other things going on but think of like Fox Sports South or you know like any of the other those type of networks around the country there are various teams I I couldn't tell you how many I know there I know of 5 to 10 that operate this way that 70 games is a threshold they need to clear for a certain amount of money to be released I think there's been other people that have reported on that more extensively and it's not like it's not like a chump change sort of deal i'm sure it's in the tens of millions of dollars which in a possible or i guess current recession that's not something to sneeze at even for people with lots of money so i know if they can get those games in there are going to be a lot of people who are pushing for that especially because and and we can get to the the cba stuff But especially because if these like 25 teams are luxury tax teams next year and we're not necessarily planning to be luxury tax teams, they're going to be looking for any and all revenue streams that they can get, especially with on top of that, that they have no gate revenue coming in for the foreseeable future. It's a bad situation right now.
0: Yeah. uh, It feels like the smartest solution would be just not to play the rest of the season. Uh, But that's obviously not going to happen. The season is going to end in some capacity. There will be a 2020 NBA champion in some capacity. Would you agree
1: there? I think so. And I I don't know. I don't remember if I brought this up when we talked last week. The sense that I've gotten from a lot of people is that they're going to come back. It's just a matter of when. I don't know that that's the best thing. But to play devil's advocate with my own position here, If they hold out, like if they say, we're just going to cancel the season, we're not coming back until, uh, let's say, Christmas Day, which is, as we've talked about before, sort of the ideal start date for an NBA season in our minds. So if they don't come back until then, and there's like this long layoff, and maybe another sports league successfully has their season, and then the NBA comes back, and there's another outbreak like the virus surges during the winter months as a lot of like the flu and other viruses or illnesses tend to surge during colder weather if that happens then they are like really screwed not only have they passed everyone at that point that this is also true it would not just impact them but i think for them they're trying to find that middle ground where you know. They try to come back. They'll put these guys in a bubble somewhere, whether that's Las Vegas, whether that's Disney World, which is a hilarious concept for me, but seems like it's one of the more viable options at this point. If they come back and they get, I don't know, let's say a month's worth of game in, games in, and then something happens and they, they get whatever revenue that is... That's going to make them feel better. It certainly is not going to make me feel better as someone who's looking at this from a holistic, bigger picture perspective. But these people care about the money. And the other side of it that I don't know that we've talked about a lot, Seamus, is that you know the players want to be out there. And yes. it'd be one thing if this was ownership sitting here and saying... Unilaterally, hey, you guys are going out there and playing, but I I don't get the impression from asking around that that's a thing, and certainly from people with more connections than I do, have reported on you know LeBron and Kawhi and Giannis and these guys at the the top of the league pyramid are saying, look, we want to go out there and compete. This is this means a lot to us. Someone like LeBron understands this is one of the last chances he's ever going to have to contend for a championship. So it's not like someone's holding a gun to these guys' head. I think what I'm interested in at this point is what does it look like and what's the amount of risk they're willing to accept? Because even in the bubble situation, Seamus, how do they factor in, okay, are we going to take these guys away from their family for two, three months at a time? If we're including families, how do we allow for that to happen without subjecting, not just the players, but everybody that's involved in this bubble situation to more risk. I I just, there are so many questions that are basically impossible to answer, especially because it seems like we're still learning new things about this virus every day.
0: It's impossible for this to go smoothly. The whole situation is fucked regardless of what avenue they choose. You have the, you know, the, the option of, you know, the family thing no one is talking about that in a broader basketball sense but that is going to something that's going to affect literally every single player every single executive every single referee every exec, you know single arena staff worker in Disney World or Vegas or wherever they hold these games there are just so many moving parts so many variables and to think that they can easily get back in this and i'm a, i'm proponent of just not doing this which i know they're not going to do but it, do- it doesn't make sense it's not going to work with the way they're gonna have to live in a bubble not a not figurative i mean not literally but what can they possibly do to do this safely what's the most safe plan they can do have everyone it would have to be no one can see their family for a couple months is that really going to happen no you know what happens to salaries for a variety of people it just like, do, do they have to finish the regular season? Isn't that just a friggin' waste? I get the, as we discussed, the local television, regional network deals. But do we need to see five more games of, I don't know, the Kings or something? Does that well, really and you matter? brought up
1: earlier Sheamus, Carl Anthony Towns. You're going to tell him he's got to come back and play five games or ten games, whatever it is, for the TV money after his mom died? And you're exposing him to the same thing and like putting him through that sort of situation, that's just a preposterous thing to do. And maybe that maybe they're understanding enough to say, you know, he can stay home and we're not, he's not going to be punished for whatever reason you say he's excused for personal reasons. And maybe there are ways around that. But those are the type of hypotheticals you're going to run into.
0: It's just not going to work. It just, I, what, how do you think it's going to go down in terms of, the players association settling on a decision. Do you think that's something that's going to go to vote kind of the way we might be leaning towards in the MLB? I
1: think so. I mean, I think as Woj has reported, there's been informal polling. Okay. Uh, maybe they put it to more of an official count at some point, but I think they have their, their quote unquote leadership council that those, those people will band together and that they'll figure that out. Here's something that this is like going to sound funny, but um It's a real thing they're going to have to take into consideration. Forget the guys that have families for a second. Think of, like, the young single guys. Like, you're going to tell them they can't have outside contact. These dudes who are, like, ultra-testosterone-heavy athletes are going to be cooped up without being able to, like, you know... Go out. Ben
0: Simmons is not going to fuck for two
1: months. You're out of your mind. Right. It's like that's a real thing that you have to consider. And so then that's like, what are the layers to that? Right. Like, if a guy can't take it anymore, is he going to break the bubble and go outside, or is someone going to be invited within the bubble? Both both of those situations have different sorts of consequences. Like, let's say they go outside the bubble. Now they're potentially bringing it back with them it would like we don't know maybe they get infected by being in some sort of crowded area you don't know and then the flip side of that is maybe one of the players has it and like a normal uh, significant other a, a woman or, or a man like a man. could be either one we don't no judgment passed here that person goes back into general populace and maybe they're not following guidelines didn't know they were in contact with someone that had it and then that opens up a whole new wound for wherever that, whether that's maybe Florida, maybe Vegas, maybe I don't know, on the fucking moon at this point. I, mm, I don't know. Elon Musk getting involved, but like that's that's a thing that if you just look at the whole country right now, you know, there's a, a sizable part of the population that it will say, yeah, we'll do what we need to do to get by. Well, we'll I'll wear a mask. I'll wear medical gloves if I need to. I'll social distance. That's a healthy chunk of the population. There's a chunk of the population that won't do that. That they, they're not going to wear a mask. They see. They, I can tell you. I saw my neighbor across the street a few weeks ago yell at a cop and tell him he was a pussy for wearing a mask and berating him. Granted, the guy was pretty drunk, but that's there's that sort of attitude happens. And so if you extract that or you extrapolate that onto. The NBA populace Sure I'm sure there are a lot of guys That are going to They'll wash their hands at every opportunity And they'll be good about Following all the protocols Not breaking the bubble Doing all that But it's You're you're trying to control A, a diverse group of people With different priorities Different just like Mental makeups I, I don't It's going to be really hard To keep that environment contained And I hope that they're able to do it I would love to be able to cover this whole thing have nobody get sick have no repercussions from it be able to talk about sports that are happening with the general populace but you know i'm i am just skeptical that that's a thing that we're we're going to be able to make happen collectively
0: more of the story jjo (laughs) but uh it's no, a blue shoe after that
1: no. <laughs> well, I think we need to talk about one of our other friends first, so let me tell you guys about our good friends at bet online, which I'm sure bet online would be very happy if the NBA and all these other sports leagues are coming back, but with no NBA NHL now, or major league KBO. baseball. <laughs> There are many sports you can bet on on Bet Online. You might think there's nothing to bet on, and you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. If you're missing the NFL, that's no problem because Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh, we'll see how much longer that lasts. I don't know if that event's going to keep going, but we'll I'm all cross in our fingers. It
0: virtually. I want the,
1: the, virtual, the virtual hot dog eating contest. So, Bet Online is it, all of this is open 24 hours a day and it's all online. You use promo code BlueWire, that's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, to join today and you'll receive your new welcome bonus. Betonline, your online wagering solution.
0: I might get drunk tomorrow and bet on some eagles madam. What about that Ooh, on betonline.
1: Feeling spicy.
0: Speaking of spicy and hot dogs, the Phillies tweeted about this earlier in <laughs> the week how would you what is your perfect idea of a hot dog
1: um like condoms. i need some spicy mustard yeah, on there spicy brown
0: mustard is is it i think maybe some relish and onions i could be into that
1: yeah i think toppings otherwise are uh
0: i don't like yellow mustard
1: well do you want to segue into our, our other sponsor Sheamus, no, i don't like yellow mustard talk?
0: but know what i do like blue chew guys are you looking to go last longer you're in the bedroom Want to go a few extra rounds? Get to bluechew.com. bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings you performance in the bedroom and brings it to another level. They got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. This is legit. And since they're chewable, they work faster. Get them down real quick, goes quick. You can take them anytime, day or night, doesn't matter. If you're in the bubble as an NBA player, you can take one in there any time of the day. Even on a full stomach, if you just ate a fantastic meal, going to have some fun afterwards, can still take it. And you don't need to go to a doctor's office. Doctor's offices suck. Whoever wants wants to go there, you can't really go to one now. You're going to be stuck with these other COVID patients. No, you don't want to do that. You definitely don't want to spend time in the pharmacy line. You don't want to go to the grocery store with all these old people freaking out, people knocking each other over for two of the paper and milk. Don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy or the grocery store. Blue Chews, online physician, is free. How much did you think it would cost? Wow, free. It's, it's free. it's free, though. And once you're approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Your mailman doesn't know what you're getting. Your next-door neighbor, the guy working downstairs in your building, they have no idea what's going on. It's discreet. So we have a deal. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code blue wire blue wire baby who doesn't love blue wire who doesn't love blue chew just pay five dollar shipping and again that's
1: BlueChew.com promo code blue wire now that's an ad read right there just terrific stuff from sheamus you know is there like an anti blue chew maybe a, talking about that hypothetical with the Guys getting sex crazed in the, the bubble situation. Is there a way to, <laughs> to suppress the urge through a chewable? That's something that the NBA might need to consider to uh, keep everybody in line, I guess. Red fix. <laughs> no comment. Well, on a completely different topic, there was a, uh, a development, I want to say near the, the end of last week, about a name that i don't think we've discussed in sixers world in quite some time Shamus, i felt do you want to
0: i felt like obi-wan kenobi or i guess you could say ben kenobi in the original star wars
1: pulling down his hood and saying that's no that's a name i haven't heard in a long long time <laughs> do you want to give the pronunciation the first crack on the podcast a 2014
0: second rounder for all you Hinkyites out there you will remember him vasilje micic
1: that's pretty Serbia good.
0: For Anadolu Ifis of the Turkish Basketball League, the same team that Dario Sharic and Furkan Korkmaz played on. So they are officially the Eagle Sixers JV team. The way Oregon used to be the Eagles JV team.
1: Yeah, so haven't thought about our friend. What Was his nickname The Machine? Was that a thing at some I, point?
0: I don't know, but from now on it is so we can run with that
1: <laughs> I, I maybe i'm making that up but when he was drafted i feel like that was a thing so i i believe recently he gave an interview where he said and keep in mind this is a guy drafted in 2014 i believe so he it was hinky
0: literally literally hinky's first draft as so you know, with the offseason in mind do you know what i mean he had the full after his first full season as gm yeah um
1: so he has he is the the peak of draft and stash. He's his ass has been stashed big time. The vice uh, he gave to, it
0: uh, Vasily I podcast. <laughs> he uh,
1: he so he's been over there playing for the last six years. I believe he gave an interview recently where he indicated that you know maybe the NBA is in his future and that he feels like he's ready to give twenty plus minutes a game at, at the NBA level, which that's that's a pretty significant role, I, I guess, because he has been. What is he going to say? Yeah, I want five minutes a game. Yeah, right. He's been productive overseas. He's, I believe, he's twenty six years old. Am I getting that right? Twenty six. Yes, twenty six. He's tw- he's twenty six years old. So he's coming over in sort of his physical prime, and he sounds ready. Now, here's the problem from Philadelphia's perspective. I know we didn't get much into the salary cap stuff earlier. But they are already in dangerous territory with salary cap. And because he has been stashed for as long as he's been over there, he is now – It's he's not beholden to a rookie contract. They, Correct. They would have to negotiate with him. And as a guy who's been, I think, fairly productive over there, it has been one of the better players in Europe over the last you know year and a half, two years his, or so. I have
0: his stat line for this year he's averaging 13 and 6 on 43.1% from the field, 34.2% from 3, 88.2% from the line, 26 minutes per game in both Turkish Basketball League and international competition.
1: Yeah, and he was all EuroLeague second team in 2019. They won the Turkish League with uh Micic as one of their best players last season. So look, he he's decorated, he's been productive. He has every right to, I don't wanna say he can come over here and just demand what he wants, but he certainly has a right to negotiate a little bit. He has leverage. He's He's going to make good money if he stays in Europe and carve out a long career there, but it sounds like he wants to come over here. So it's an interesting situation for them because I don't know exactly what they can do about it. Maybe they can trade his rights and get some sort of draft compensation for him if there's a team that thinks he can help them out. Unfortunately, I just don't really see the path to him playing for the Sixers, barring him taking like an absolutely absurd contract from them. And I don't know why he would at this point. Have you, uh, you used to be one of the designated European guys when we were back in our Blog Boy days, Seamus. Have you kept any? I used tabs to watch, on our friend here
0: uh in like 2015 2016 I did and it seemed like there was no shot he was coming over and then in, and randomly you know once every six months someone treat me like do you think Metzich is coming over and I'm like shit no no but uh, you know <laughs> through my duration at Liberty Ballers I would say I still followed him quite closely maybe he can be a sweetener to get off the Al Horford deal Al Horford and Meichch for a fake second rounder who's in yeah that's kind of that's not
1: a bad idea. And you know no, what's interesting I, mean, I like
0: said it in a joke came up with Horford but they should literally use him. I'm not kidding to get him off the contract.
1: He I think he is an interesting name in, in that respect or it's like hey that's he's a nice lottery ticket for, and a guy And on top of that if you're trading Horford somewhere that's probably a team that's looking to get better sooner rather than later like they're saying hey maybe we'll get a, And in theory, uh, yes a year or two out of Horford where he's a better fit here than he was in Philadelphia. And then you bring in Mitchich and he's a guy who can play right away. He's not some, you know, like 19, 20 year old who needs seasoning. He's one of the best players in the Euro league who's who's coming over and will give you some, some impact right away. I think the shame of it is if they were able to somehow get him on the roster, which again, I don't think it's realistic, he fits kind of well with what they would need as a point guard who's going to allow Ben Simmons to, you know, have point guard duties, but also lean into his Swiss Army knife uh, kit more. I, I think Mitchell isn't necessarily an elite shooter, but he's a good spot up guy. He's a big point guard, so he can take on some. I believe he's six foot six. I want to say. So he can theoretically defend a couple of different positions. I, I don't know that athletically he's going to be able to yeah, do that, but you know, not, at least it's in not there. yeah, at least in theory, yeah. he's he's a a, big, a sizable body that can get in guys' way. He's got a high IQ, which that's the sort of player that this team values and, and that they want within the the infrastructure of this team. So. It's a shame that they're in the the cap situation that they're in and it's probably not realistic to get him here because I do think there's a lot to like from a fit standpoint.
0: Yeah, I just doesn't seem realistic that he's ever going to play here. Uh maybe in the NBA there's a the larger chance that his rights are traded. I would bet um within the next 2 years he his rights are owned by a different NBA team. We've yeah, it's, I... it's it's a wild career development cuz he really did not look like an NBA player, you know. As far back as 2016, 2017, I thought there'd be zero chance he was coming over. So props to him that he's developed his game so much in the last year or two that he's, you know, like you said, he was second team all Euro in 2019. That's something I did not envision for him at all, even doing some brief scouting when we went to 2014. Like, he just seems like a guy you draft and stash hope on a prayer that, you know, maybe you could trade him one day. And that's what he ended up being. So Sam Hinky is the one who's going to get us off the Al Horford contract.
1: Yeah, look, and that's... When you actually make draft picks in the second round <laughs> instead of selling them or trading them away, sometimes you come away with these. It's a shame. I think generally they have gotten value regardless of the GM. They have gotten value over the last half decade plus in the second round. Like there are a lot of success stories there that, you know, even guys that ended up flaming out here caught on later that they, they haven't been terrible at identifying talent there it's just a matter of you know if if they had sterling brown instead of giving away that pick they would probably be a better basketball team today instead he's in Milwaukee helping out a better team better present day team so you know i i i think one thing that makes you feel better about not probably not being able to bring Mitchich over is that Sheikh Milton emerged towards the end of... I don't want to say the end of the season, but the end of... In 29, uh,
0: 2020 specifically, not just the 2020 season, I would say. Yeah. Since January-ish.
1: T- when he got his chance in the rotation, he emerged as a legitimate option and a guy that you know does some of the things that you would want Mitchich to do if he came here. He, he can play as a nominal point guard and take Ben off the ball, but he's also a confident catch and shoot guy. You run some pick and rolls with him. He does a little bit of everything. He's an intelligent offensive player. So he's bringing you some of what you would get with Michich. So it makes that feel, it it takes the sting out of it a little bit, I think, but you know, maybe they get creative. Maybe there's another massive shakeup and, you know, with the CBA, I guess, in jeopardy, The I don't know where that's going to go. Like, what do they do with luxury tax payments, the salary cap? Do they just... You think we'll get an amnesty clause? It's possible, but I don't Please. even know. That's like the biggest fantasy thing for fans right now. Certainly. I've heard it. I haven't heard it discussed at all. I, 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 think, I think the problem with the amnesty clause in this situation... Is that it's not enough because even if teams did that, I, I think the cap drop, if they keep everything else as is, is going to be so significant dependent on how many games they're able to play that they basically are just going to have to give teams relief. Whether they say, you know, it's we're going to inflate it for a year just for the sake of not having these insane balloon payments etc i don't know what the solution is going to be but i think common sense suggests that you know if the majority more than the majority like almost 100 percent of the league ends up in the luxury tax there's no point in having a luxury tax at that point nobody's gaining competitive advantage from it necessarily so you know there's stranger things have happened maybe they blow up the cba and there's a window for them to bring in a guy who has interest in coming to the nba and we see the machine over here i'm, I'm trying to think if that was just a nickname that like a uh, a liberty ballers writer made up like maybe michael vinn just decided that was something that yeah, no, the uh, Euro announcers do
0: drop some crazy stuff from time to time when all those, you know, IFAS and Turkish League Croatian games I used to watch. <laughs> I'm, it I'm just not, feels like serious. a
1: – no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just laughing at myself at, like, where this idea that that was his nickname comes so from. Maybe it's just the off his name. I don't know.
0: What if Elton Brand, who had the amnesty clause used upon him in 2012 – then uses the Amnesty Clause on his spiritual successor, Al Horford, in 2020. <laughs> and then Al Horford becomes GM and uses the Amnesty Clause in 2028 on who would be this person? I don't know, Przingis? Just a random big man? They LeBron saw Jr. On. LeBron. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> we were probably using it on man. LeBron at that point. Yeah, LeBron might play for forever. He, he just wants to play not. with his
0: kid, which I can't wait to see the free agent finagling that goes on with that.
1: LeBron with a gray beard playing at 47. Yeah, I mean, like he's
0: going to have his contract set up so that when Bronny is a draft eligible, he will be a free agent, and that will be a whole crazy thing.
1: Yeah, so I I guess you got to keep your mind open to a lot of possibilities as far as the salary cap and various decision-making mechanisms go because I don't think even the league knows at this point what they're going to do. It's hard to know because things could change daily, right? Like let's say where they get to a scenario where they have to cancel the season. That just, they don't have, they run out of options to try to keep it going. Well then in that case, that's like the revenue drop there would be astronomical. And there's no way that they'd be staring down a situation where, either the cap is dropping by like $30 million or they're going to have to fundamentally change how the league is set up for at least a year, if not longer. So to sit here today and say, yeah, I know what the league's going to do in terms of the luxury tax and uh, salary cap relief and amnesty clauses and anything theoretical, that like I'm throwing blind darts right now. Who the hell knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, something crazy could have happened where this exactly. is definitely indefinitely shut down you know what i mean this changes on a not even just a day-to-day basis things could change by the hour minute this is such an unstable time and it's weird that we're having this discussion but there are you know millions or even billions of dollars at stake to some people and people's livelihood is on the line more so than just the you know players and owners so it's wild
1: so one thing that doesn't change regardless of quarantine Seamus is that we have to name a loser of the week, the uh Rudy Gobert honorary loser of the week at that.
0: Is it forever um, the Rudy Gobert award?
1: For the time being, it, it definitely is. I mean, he holds the uh he holds the title until someone else takes it from him. It was initially the the inaugural award was Matt Collins and ended up being Rudy Gobert and I think Rudy Gobert is far outstripping Mac Hollins' contributions to the award so far. So open to suggestions in the future, but we'll keep it at Rudy for now. So I, I don't think I have a one right now at the top of my head. Do you have a, a suggestion that you would like to float?
0: I do. Son's,
1: Who is it, Seamus?
0: Suns owner Robert Sarver.
1: Big Ooh. time loser almost always, but I'm curious to see why he is this week.
0: Uh, and speaking about a pre draft. Uh, I guess, workout or practice he had with Jason Tatum back in 2017. The Suns had what pick that year? The fourth pick?
1: I believe so. Yeah. It could because it was uh, Sixers.
0: Celt- or Celtic Sixers. S- Lakers Celtic Sixers. Yeah. So they were working out Jason Tatum, who has said that he preferred to go to Phoenix more than Boston at that point in time. Robert Sarver watched him drill 43, point- 43 pointers in that workout. He said, what else can he do? He said, I prefer Josh Jackson. We don't need another Devin Booker.
1: That's tough, man. And I will sit here and tell you, I will be honest here, Seamus. I was not a Tatum guy coming into that draft. I thought he was the pinnacle of the sort of player I hate. Like a Rudy Gay type guy. And just didn't do it for me and i gotta tell you i was extremely wrong about him so in this one we can you may call robert sarver the loser of the week but unfortunately i'm with him on that loser island where i had josh jackson ahead of him inexplicably
0: believe me i've been on loser island for a long time (laughs)
1: listen i i have made some good draft calls recently i think jonathan isaac has been really good i liked isaac a lot I was a big fan of his I think he would look awesome On this Sixers team By the way As like a Defensive four Next to Embiid And then you have Simmons That team would kick some Fucking ass on defense More than they already do I was um, a big Markel
0: yeah. Foltz guy And that worked out pretty well We got uh, You know the first round pick We got back from For Biseschnik So it worked out right
1: And John Simmons Never John forget
0: Simmons, Never forget
1: Loser of The the quiet tournament
0: Loser of the century <laughs>
1: I, you know what? Speaking of loser of the week, I'll just call myself loser of the week for having to analyze the quiet tournament between Jonathan Simmons and James Ennis last year. That was a uh, March basketball, baby. That's something that I desperately want wanted this year that in any other year is the absolute fucking pits. So yeah. on that note, <laughs> on that note, we thank you all for coming by for another episode. I hope everybody out there Staying safe, taking proper precautions, checking in on your loved ones. Hope for everybody's sake in the NBA and certainly around the country that this gets figured out soon. Until then, Seamus and I will continue delivering quarantine pods, and we will uh, we'll catch up with you guys soon.
0: Yeah, gonna go pop some blue chew. Guys, have a good night.
1: <laughs> See you guys later.